Hey guys, we're not all about fitness here today. I'm Paul Bono. I'm Angelo Cisco. And today we are podcasting with Dave Tilly of Shift Movement Science, brother. And brother. Dan Pope <laughs> of fitnesspainfree.com. Like Boom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. So right now, just to give you guys a little up to speed, we're at a bed and breath breakfast, right? Is that mm-hmm. what this is? I think yeah. so. In Manhattan on like the fifth floor. Um <laughs> And we kind of shotgun this, <laughs> but we know we shotgun the filming of this, but we know that this is going to have a lot of value. Um, both of these gentlemen work with Power Monkey, and I'm going to let you guys kind of dive into that and how that kind of came to be a little bit about your backgrounds and then the role in Power Monkey. Whoever wants to go sure. first, I'll give it a little go for a whirl, man. So I get my background first. Is that what yeah. yeah? Yeah. So I'm from Boston. Uh, I am originally traditionally like a just a men a male gymnast. And coach, you know, I came from male gymnast guys. Yeah, from the age of three, not a female gymnast. <laughs> not being there. <laughs> um, I did gymnastics my whole life. I competed in college for Springfield College, and I've been coaching since I was like fourteen. Um, and so I grew up kind of watching Dave in the Olympics, and uh, you know, aspiring to be a, a, a Duraney one day. Um, so all the way up through college, competed, and then uh, graduated, got my doctorate in PT, um, and really worked a lot in traditional artistic gymnastics as my main kind of niche, um, and then kind of got. I guess, I guess like affiliated with CrossFit, like kind of jumped in stuff. It's like by trade, you kind of get associated with gymnastics and they pull you in. So I was working out, I was coaching, uh, treating gymnasts a lot, treating CrossFit people, uh, kind of all in my first two years of college. And then, what's up? Works a million hours a day. Yeah. When and where was that? That was three years ago. Mm -hmm. I graduated 2013 and then 2014, 2015 was when I was really getting heavy into Gymnastics. So now I treat, I guess, 80% traditional gymnastics from the youngest girls all the way up to some of the elite girls looking at like 2024 at the games and things like that. So, um, but CrossFit became a big thing because I will be totally honest up front. I was like, nope, I'm all set with CrossFit. Like, that is not gymnastics. You know, I was very like, you know, from a traditional artistic yeah. gymnastics point of view, we were like, oh man. Like, but at the same time, it's a double standard. It's like, you don't want to say no because everyone's getting involved in gymnastics. There's so much exposure. Right. And I was like, we just need to help you get there. So the first year I was very like, eh, not so much. I'm very good friends with uh, Dave Picardi, who is originally a student of Greg Glassman's from uh, California. Okay. And um, he you know, has seen CrossFit over 20 years. And once I talked to him and learned kind of like the methodology and his approach to very, uh, I guess, teaching people how to move well and do it, I guess, in a more traditional fashion, I was like, oh, I kind of... That makes more sense. I kind of get that. So I got more into CrossFit from Dave teaching me, uh, you know, how his background in CrossFit is very, I guess, traditional. And uh, he's an Olympic weightlifting coach, USAW3, you know, originally. So he taught me weightlifting. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So my girls actually now do some, like, weightlifting in the summer, which is very not at all the standard of gymnastics. They're very only body weight. Don't load them. It's unsafe. But from a PT point of view, I think that's very valuable. So that was like 2014. I was like getting involved in all of that, and then that's awesome. Um, so like sort of very original CrossFit view instead of like yeah. maybe some newer stuff. Even though you're kind of technically newer to CrossFit, exactly. That's yeah. awesome. I just I I didn't have exposure. The only way I got exposed to CrossFit was through Dave teaching me traditional weightlifting, and then he happened to be like, "This is how we did it in California with Greg when it was just me and like the five or six main guys of CrossFit." You know, he's like, "Like we used to train people one on one." So they were perfect and amazing. And only then would Greg add them into a group class. He's like, when I had two or three people that had been doing it for three years and were like pretty much self-sufficient, he's like, now I can start putting them together. So I learned that method. And then he taught me a lot about where CrossFit has come in the last you know, 10 years. 
from the beginnings all the way to where it is now, you know, kind of a different platform, I would say. So awesome. I had a very cool entry point to say, like, look at the whole spectrum where we've come from. Sure. And then I had a very traditional artistic background. So that was my background. And then it kind of came together with Dan is that we're both, uh, you know, have blogs and websites and, uh, you know, we talk a lot and kind of got connected about our backgrounds. And then um, he said he was doing Power Monkey Camp with Dave. And once I knew that Dave was teaching Monkey Method and teaching the traditional artistic approach to CrossFit, um, I was very, very okay with that. I was like, that is something I would definitely like to be involved with because he's teaching it correctly. And I knew Chad and Mike were pursuing teaching Olympic lifting very, you know, traditionally and really teaching people that you have to stop and you have to take a second and break it down. Because gymnastics, it takes 10 years to learn a handstand, a muscle up, all those things. And right. um, when I heard that Dave was doing it, I was like, that's something I definitely want to help out with because I think that my education as a gymnast and a, you know, coach along with being a PT is pretty valuable for that. So <laughs> yeah. um, Dan invited me, Dan got destroyed the first oh, yeah. the first <laughs> he said he was doing a vows like all night long and so dave durani was like who else could you you know sure yes and so dave was like dan was like you know i think dave would be a good choice dan and i i'm started, responsible for all these yeah so you, much all you're the dan. reason dave tilly it's is all a big dan. deal it's yeah. dan. dan's the guy behind dan. Dan. dave tilly is dave tilly yeah, yeah. So, so we i guess we, we collaborated on that first camp and then through those camps came what we're working on now. Awesome. So Dan, give us a. I mean, we know that you're the man, Steven Seagal. We just brought it up. You do look like Steven Seagal if you're listening yes. to this on audio. And a samurai. I'm talking about out for justice, Steven Seagal, not under siege, Steven Seagal. And tell us a little Good. bit about you and how you got into the fitness and Power Monkey and everything like that. Bring us up to speed. Yeah, I guess I've always been a meathead. Um, <laughs> I always really, really liked fitness in general. I love it. Hold on. Give everybody your dimensions, and then I want you to understand why what he's a meathead. Go ahead. Twenty-two inch biceps. We talking about? Um, <laughs> well, I, guess, well, I was just very, very interested in fitness and nutrition growing up. It was just really, really just loved it, Five, you know. One sixty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was But anyway, I always really enjoyed it. In um, high school, I was three sport athlete. Just loved working out. You know, I would work out on top of doing the sports. And I really was interested in, in learning. You know, I remember reading like Bill Phillips at night. Like it's like 11:30 at night. I'm reading about Swedish meatballs to like bulk up, and I was getting super amped about it. Couldn't sleep, you know, because I was so excited about making these meatballs. You know, the rusty <laughs> the rusty chain story. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite, dude. I, this is a pretty good story. So I was interested in gaining weight for a long long time. Get big, right? So I do the whole, you know, make your meal and then you know put it outside your bedroom and then set an alarm and wake up in the middle of the night and then eat it so i was trying to do this but what i was doing is i was actually like sleepwalking turn off the alarm and wake up there'd be like a, a plate full of salmon next to me i'd be like super pissed off in the morning like damn it missed it so what i started doing was i started moving like the alarm clock further and further away from my bed right and then uh, i found i would still sleepwalk i'd wake up and i would shut it off and i'd go back to bed and i wouldn't realize it and i wake up plate full of food next to me i'd be pissed off <laughs> so then like I took my alarm clock and I put it inside of like the dresser and like shut it. And then what would happen was like the alarm would go off and I would go to like sleepwalk over to uh, to turn it off and uh, I would just be, I would wake up and realize what was going on and I'd be like walking around my room like what is happening right now? And then like oh I put the alarm clock inside my dresser and I'd open up and I'd you know turn it off and I'd, I'd eat you know. Um, but anyway, it's just, I was like super obsessed with whatever I could do to be stronger, more fit, whatever it was. I used to bring like rusty chains to the gym, right? With all my buddies we get rust all over the floor. So I could Fitness do like, like rusty chains. So I could do like squats. West side stuff, you know, always crazy into it. So in college I, um, 
I did um, exercise science, nutrition. I was a pole vault at the time. Uh, did a lot of working out. That was kind of my thing. Where'd you go to college? Tell everybody. Rutgers University. There it is. Yep, dirty New Jersey. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, very proud of that, which was good. And, uh, you know, I, I was supposed to do two internships. I did six. You know, I was crazy about learning as much as I could. Um, when I graduated, I got into strongman big time. At that time, I was a full-time personal trainer and strength conditioning coach, so it was a really nice thing. I competed for about four years in strongman. As a personal trainer, I was just finding that people were getting hurt, and I wanted to help them. I just didn't want to keep referring people out. Plus, I wanted to learn more. I just have a really big, uh, intense drive to learn, so I went to physical therapy school. Uh, throughout physical therapy school, I still did um, personal training, and uh, I think at that point, that's when I found some CrossFit stuff and started coaching CrossFit. And then when I graduated, um, I continued on the niche, and I, I still coach CrossFit, CrossFit Verb in Denver, um, as well as a full-time physical therapist. And gymnastics classes. I coach all the gymnastics yeah. classes. Yeah. Yes, he does. Strong man. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> One day a week. Perfect. Me and Paul. There we are. Pound, out. pound. And how'd you find Power Monkey now? Uh, so, so out of the blue, CrossFit headquarters sent me an email and said, hey, would you like to be part of this roundtable discussion about kipping pull-ups? I'm like, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. They didn't tell me anything about it. When I got there, like, oh, you're going to be arguing against Dave Durante. You know, I was like, oh, great. You know, this, this, is, this is really good. Carl Paoli, all these big names. I'm like, all right. So, and uh, they tried to pit us all against each other. You know, as far as like, is kipping pull-ups bad or good? And at the end, we really agreed uh, for the most part, especially me and Dave. So uh, Dave was starting up. Power Monkey Fitness. At the time, he was just doing these, I guess he was going around the United States, around the world with uh, Chad Vaughn and doing these clinics. So there's Olympic weightlifting as well as gymnastics. And uh, they wanted to create something a little bit more comprehensive. So they made a camp, you know, a week-long camp. It's like a fitness vacation. It's, it's quite a bit of fun. Unreal. Yeah, if you guys haven't had a chance to do it, I would, I would definitely check it out, uh, powermonkeyfitness.com. And um, they just brought like the best coaches in the world all together in one yeah. place. And people come in to, to learn and also have a great time. You it's know? crazy. Out in the middle of the woods of Tennessee and uh, lots of moonshine going on. Uh, like Mr. Craig. Lots of cleans. Lots of cornhole. Lots of cornhole. A lot of learning. So it's cornhole. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just evolved, you know. Um, Power Monkey Fitness is doing a lot of online stuff now. They do programming through Monkey Method. And uh, we flew out this weekend because we're creating a product. Um, and it encompasses what we talk about at Power Monkey Camp. We talk about the need for some sort of screening and assessment tool uh, when you're screening your athletes and trying to figure out where the problems are and just delivering the best intervention. Do you think that's the biggest that. problem? I hate to cut you off, but like, as far as like screening and stuff, do you think that's like the biggest problem right now inside of CrossFit? Like, yeah, I don't one know of if the it's... the biggest troubleshooting things that could be done, should say? It's one of them. I would say that it's not being handled because I okay. think in the community, we're really good at coaching the lifts. We're really good at coaching gymnastics now. Um, there's a lot of people out there that's doing that. Now we have some really good programming, we're putting it all together really well, but there's currently not a great screening assessment process, mm -hmm. and it's all important. It's just that this is one piece that hasn't been, I guess, taken care of as well as it could be. What do you so. think, Dave? Yeah, I think so. I think that, um, especially from the gymnastics point of view, I mean, it's, they're very complex things to do. They're hard skills. They require a lot of mobility and a lot of technique and finesse to do them safely and, and over to a longer time to not get hurt while you do it. So we see a lot of people who come to us and they're saying, well, I want to try a handstand or I want to try, you know, a clean, but their, their underlying movement prerequisites are far from where they need to be, right? And unfortunately, it may have kind of gone through the, under the bridge, so to speak, in their intro or in their assessment. And I understand it's hard. I mean, Dave Picardi has, has told me that, like, it's very hard to assess in a group model 
And you, even sure. when you do your one-on-ones and you get someone in there, there's so much stuff to cover, right? And you're right. trying to get someone who's paying you to get a workout in. So I understand the, the headache of it, and sometimes it's tough, but the, the problem is that if we don't take time and assess people and give them individualization for their program, a lot of things come up down the road where they're hurt, right? And sure. so like, so someone comes in and they have very poor overhead mobility, or maybe they don't have the greatest squat position. If you just try to go for it and blast through it, like something is gonna break down. So I agree, I think that it's one, one issue that definitely needs to be addressed. And from the other side of the fence as just physical therapists, we see a lot of, uh, people in the healthcare world who are very, um, I guess, look kind of like look bad at CrossFit because they don't do that. Right. And that's been a number one argument of a lot of people we really respect in the physical therapy world is that no one is really taking the strides to make it individualized and give them things that they need to work on and make sure that what they're doing is safe, effective, and the best way for their performance over time. So For sure. Now, that's a good question because I own a couple gyms and I've worked with Dan over the years and I'd like to think that we have a, probably one of the better uh, assessment processes and things like that. I now, so. this is definitely something though that I think that also needs to be discussed is also if the barrier entry is high, we still need to eat as gym owners and things like that. Like, what are your thoughts on trying to, how can you make this assessment that you guys are trying to do easy enough where, I don't want to say easy, but short enough time because at the end of the day, people only think of problems when there's pain. Mm -hmm. Even if, because like I was talking with somebody and they said pain's the last side of dysfunction. I thought it was like one of the smartest things I've ever heard. Right. And so how would you go about putting this system in place inside this group model? Mm -hmm. I can start with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's nice because we're physical therapists, so we see people and we can kind of break things down one-on-one -on -one situation. Uh, I also coach CrossFit too, so I can, I can see how it's really challenging to do in a group model. Um, some of the things that we try to teach, and this is in our product as well, is that when someone falls apart, um, you can make a quick assumption as to why that's happening, you mm -hmm. know? So for example, a lot of times I'll see, um, well, like I say one specific time, I've seen this before, and we talk about this in the product as well, someone drums up on the rings, right, and they fall apart and they do this, and the coach immediately says, that, that peck is stiff, we need to work on that. Well, the person can do this, no problem. So um, one of the problems I think is that people don't understand the difference between having a strength you know, instability problem or having a true flexibility issue. So a lot of it's like basically, hey, can you cue this? Does it get better? Great, we don't have to mobilize, right? If it looks great and we cued it into a good position, awesome. If we can't cue it, no matter what we do, person probably has a flexibility issue and we might have to take that extra step, you know? Um, in a group training environment that's challenging, a couple times what I've done is, we used to do an elements class or foundations class at Verve, um, that was a set time, and I used to be able to, to actually do that myself. Now I just I'm just strictly gymnastics coach at yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> um, but it's actually pretty easy because the way we set it up, we'll teach. Let's say it's an overhead pressing day. You can very easily say, "Hey guys, um, today we're going to do overhead press, and one of the most important things is that you have good flexibility through all these joints here. Let's test it real quick." Okay, you guys have a bit of an issue. When in the warm-up today, we're gonna to go over some specific drills that'll help you get into a better position. And then people will realize, okay, this is my issue. I need to work on it. Here are the drills to work on it. And then as we go through the entire workout and I keep on cueing, like, hey, you need to make sure your arms are getting over your head and your chest down and they can't get to that position. They realize, oh yeah, I'm stiff, I can't, I can't get it because of this. Because what inevitably happens is that in a group situation, you may be seeing 10, 15 people all at once and trying to coach the entire class. Someone's technique looks bad. You can't really break that down at the moment, right? But if these individuals have that onus and say, I, I know what my problems are, I have to work on it. It's like, hey, remember those exercises we worked on? Mm -hmm. um, we, need to, we need to hit those, you know, so. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, I just think 
there's a way to get somebody to work out towards their goals and be healthy, but also not cause maybe more dysfunction or contribute to injury, right? So on your intake time, when you're doing the assessment, it's like, how do I get all this in? Well, what we do at our gym uh, at Treehouse is that when things come up and you're like, someone has a poor overhead position, right? And if we screen them out and say, well, you're pretty stiff here, thoracic spine stiff, and maybe your scaps are just really not where they're meant to be because you've unfortunately sat in front of a desk for the last 10 years and you're like, hey, I want to try this CrossFit thing. Like, it's awesome you're there, but like, you don't have a good front to back balance strength-wise and you're also missing motion overhead. So let's get you a regression of the exercise or a lateralization and get you elsewhere. You know, maybe we'll do horizontal rows to get your scaps a little bit stronger, still get you in the workout situation, but we're not gonna contribute to your pressing problem, right? And then as you can do that, you can work on your home program, which has been through the screen we found, like your T-spine's limited, your lats are stiff. So you can work on those two things every day in your warm up, and as you progress to your overhead, well then we'll get you more on that strength or you know control side of things. Maybe we start half kneeling pressing you, right, to get you a little bit more unilaterally stacked up. But we're not just diving in and being like everyone just try it, right? You know what I mean? It's like everybody has an idea about what they can do safely, and that will still contribute to their goals. And so a lot of times we'll have people who come to us with, you know, snatching is very complex. It's very even just naked barbell or PVC is very hard to do for many people. Handstand pushups are hard for people. And so we have a lot of people who will work PVC snatch drills as a like C movement in their series, along with cleaning instead. So they'll clean their weight, right, for their strength or their power. Then in between that, they'll work snatch grip drills or they'll work on their positional things. So it's like, you can still get fit, you can still enjoy yourself, like whatever you're doing, but if your snatch looks like this at the bottom, and we just keep going for it, like we're gonna start to break down. So we find a way to regress or lateralize somebody and give them, I guess, a home program towards their goals. Yeah. So it, it sounds like there's no clear cut way or, or definitive way to scale or give someone a regression. It's just learning the information as a coach, knowing what the athlete needs, maybe right. some horizontal pulling to pair with the overhead pressing, right. and or you could just bring down the weight, bring down the, the complexity of the movement and pair it with a, a similar movement in complexity. So like, sure. like you said with the snatch and the clean, you can load them with the clean so they're not going overhead, but you can give them the drills with a light weight. To get them there. So it's, it's, it's more dependent on your knowledge as a coach Absolutely. rather than just, all right, scale the weight back, scale right. the reps back. Right. You have to have more than one tool yeah. in your toolbox. I think unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, you have to be a really good coach. Like a lot of the onus falls on the coach. You have to make sure you have really good progressions, really good regressions, really good mobility drills that can be done really quickly, really efficiently on the fly. You know, teaching gymnastics class, you get like a 55-year-old in class and then you'll get like, you know, 25-year-old stud that's really strong. And we're all doing the same stuff. We need to make sure you have a really, you have that right exercise that fits for each individual. And you have to be able to do that fast because it's a group situation. So it's very, very challenging, um, but that's you know that's why we're here. We're, yeah, we're trying I mean, to it really comes down to education. I think that's the the yeah. biggest part, and I think the 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 most amazing part about Power Monkey and the team that we have is is everybody is is constantly striving to be an expert in their design field and dabbling in the other things, right? So the reason I paired up with Dan, especially, is because I feel very confident about my gymnastics background and you know my physical therapy approach to things, but I'm not as experienced in the barbell stuff as. Dan is, you know, he grew up doing that. And like, so I sat with, Russ James. Yeah, I sat with, uh, I sat in on every lecture that Chad and Mike and Jess and Vanessa did in the last two years, just listening and just trying to understand what they're trying to tell people to do. And then I'm saying, okay, well, what do I need to do as a physical therapist to optimize their ability to get into those positions? Right. And then we listen to Dave, we listen to Rupert and all those guys like, well, what are they trying to teach? Why are people breaking down? Well, what can I do to help them get there? And that's where our product evolved from. Right. So if coaches had the education of those tools about like, what can I do to help that person get into this position, but not hurt them in the process? 
So now most of PowerMonkey's history is based on teaching athletes, and mm -hmm. now you guys are developing a product through PowerMonkey to teach coaches. This is probably going to be more coached. I think it's focused. Coach, athlete, sound. I think it's, I think it's coach and athlete, and then we we really st feel strongly that healthcare providers also need to be in kind of in the okay. same page. <clears throat> yeah. Because from our, I mean, this is very very true on the gymnastic side of things. Is that there's a large gap between the end of a rehab and the start of a high level performance program, and in between there is where people fall apart. So we want a healthcare provider to be able to take our product and be like. They're all really useful tools to use in treatment, but it's also like, okay, I understand what this person is coming to do, right? Because in the end, people come to you for a service and they say, I want you to help me get to CrossFit. I want you to help me be able to do gymnastics, right? Mm -hmm. Your goal is, your job is not to say, don't do CrossFit, don't do gymnastics, don't do lifting. That is their choice, right? If they say, I want to play tennis, I want to do football, it's like, well, we're going to get you to tennis and football. So they come to you and say, how can I help get there? And we feel like healthcare providers maybe don't have enough information about gymnastics and lifting to help that person get to their goal. So we want coaches and athletes to have it to be able to enhance their interaction. We also want a healthcare provider to be able to take that and be like, hey, I, I saw that too. Like, how can we all work together and collaborate and find a program for this person that's best? So with the, with the whole healthcare provider, and just to kind of bring it all full circle, is how do you have the person that, I went over this in the car on the way here, that there's 168 hours in the week, and they have this injury, and they're only able to get in for healthcare or physical therapy or whatever for a half hour maybe, and we'll say, at tops three times a week, but most routine, routinely one to two times a week. So out of 168 hours, how do they, you? Yeah, how do you work to get someone back? A good question. To their to their sport I can touch with, with, champion with only an hour to an hour and a half a week. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a very important and great question, and I think that I um yeah nailed it nailed it ball. Um, I can speak to I mean I work now at Champion in Boston with Mike Reynolds and Lenny McCrina, and we're an out of network we're an out of network provider. Oh yeah. We're an out-of-network provider, and we're um, you know very busy. You know, with a lot of people who travel to come see us from from different states and all over. I only see money people once a week mm -hmm. for an hour. You know, so it's like, um, it's it's challenging, but it's definitely doable, right? And the biggest thing about that for healthcare providers that are listening is that you need to be really good on your educational standpoint and your assessment, right? The first hour you spend with that person needs to be thorough. You need to know exactly what their problem is. And you need to have a really good idea of where to start. And then on there, it's like, well, it's up to the athlete to take care of themselves, right? You are coming to me to help you get to where you want to do. I, I don't take this approach. I'm not going to fix you. I'm going to help you fix yourself. So I think that, that uh, you know, I guess that locus of control, they're doing the fixing and they're helping themselves and you're aiding them with manual therapy or corrective exercise or a progression, like they're coming for your education and your services, but they have to follow up and be very dedicated to their program on the other side. So um, there's a lot of athletes that I work with that they come, they get their hour, we change their programs, we give them manual therapy while they're there, we talk about all the problems, what's good, what's not good, and then we talk, man. We're, I'm directly accessible via email and via text message for a lot of my you know, direct patients because I care about my patients, want them to get better, and if they're coming once a week and Friday something happens, they need to, they need to have access to it. So I think physical therapists can be better educated, they can be more accessible, and I think that they can be very, uh, I guess, open to working with a team. Because I also have people who will come from like you know New Hampshire and will have a strength coach and will have a, a therapist they work with. They just want a fresh set of eyes or they want a gymnastics background. And I'll give my program to their PT and their strength coach and we'll, we'll put it together. But it's very doable. I just think that we need to be better about the way we approach it. I agree. I, um, I mean, I'm a big time do-it-yourself kind of guy, you know, and a lot of people are, especially I think in, in our community. Um, people don't necessarily want to go several times a week to a therapist. They want to get a few exercises, figure out what's going on, work on themselves. So I think that ends up being a pretty good model. 
like Dave said, doing a very thorough evaluation and just say, I think this is really what's going on and these are the issues you have to work on and just having a nice set of exercise that person go home with and, and work on. Um, and it really depends. I mean, one of the things you talk about in healthcare um, is that your patient is, they have a certain set of goals and it's not always exactly what I want to do as a physical therapist. Meaning that if someone comes in, they might only want to come for one or two visits and get an opinion from me. But what my, what I would like to do is see them a couple times a week and do all types right. of manual techniques and, and work on yeah. this stuff. So it really depends on the individual, individual comes through the door. I give them my opinion what I think is best, but I also give them options. You know, uh, Another thing that I think is very important is that as a high-level athlete, you want to get back to high-level things. It's might, it might take a little longer than just getting back to True. having no Realistic pain time course of the day. Yeah. So a lot of times I, I'll see my patients less frequently, but I'll see them for longer out because you know your shoulder hurts quite a bit and you can't really do this at this point, but it's going to take you a long time for you to snatch heavy weight, but you'll probably be feeling pretty good in the next few weeks yeah. as far as pain goes. Absolutely. I, um, I feel like I'm a consultant a lot of times and a coach when people come to me for physical therapy because you know they come in, I give them my honest opinion, we do the evaluation, I'll give them a bunch of exercises, say see me in a week or two, come back, how are things going? Going really well, uh, this exercise is working well, great, let's progress this, okay. This is going well, let's put this back in your conditioning, let's take this out, you know, it's a lot of tweaking. Yeah. So um, it's basically a lot of times it, I don't feel like I do a ton of hands-on manual work with some of the patients come through the door. Um, I'm not watching them do all their exercises. I'm listening to what they're telling me and we're tweaking things here and there so they can progress forward. Because um, what happens is that transition period between, okay, I stopped, I stopped my activities and I'm feeling better but I want to get back. You know, how do I get back and not hurt myself in the process? That's where I think the... Uh, your product is going to serve them? Yeah. Okay. For cool. sure. And when are you expecting the rollout of this? I know you guys were here working on it this we weekend. We just talked this morning. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, I think May 16th is the, Woo! that's the bomb okay. drop. And you have a name for it? What's it going to nope. be? Nope. <laughs> nameless? We, we have no, a couple of thoughts, but okay, uh, perfect. it's not I had a move like yet. Dave and Chad was the first one. Yeah. And Mike. Yeah. <laughs> How could people find you guys so they could follow you so they could be ready for this launch? Dave? Yeah. Uh, so shiftmovementscience.com is my blog, my website, and kind of has all my information. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Shift Movement Science, Dave Tilly, Twitter, Shift Twitter, all that stuff. Okay. So Dave Tilly's cell phone number is... <laughs> just kidding. All right. Dan, what about you? All right. So um, fitnesspainfree.com, uh, fitnesspainfree on Instagram. I think I'm on Twitter. I don't do a very good job with that. Um, my email is training at gmail.com. If you guys want to email me, um, it's hard to answer all the emails, but I try to get to all of them. Yeah. So if You're you pretty want, good at it. We'll make yeah. sure to put their information, too, in the notes. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, we're just Not All About Fitness, www.notallaboutfitness.com, at Not All About Fitness on all platforms of social media. And then don't, hit, uh, don't forget to hit and subscribe. Wait, like and subscribe. Yeah on iTunes, hit Got the it. button, give us a follow, and uh, thank you for listening. Guys, Write a thanks review. for taking time. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. These guys are great. Thank you. Support them. Woo! Awesome.